Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 281. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's n- never good to start something going, I'm not really sure where this is going to go. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that's but, uh, how I start every episode, so it's fun. <laughs> True. Well, because, so the other day, I kind of had this thought that crossed my mind, because it was real simple. So, I've always shipped flat rate boxes. You know, this is a reselling podcast when I could talk about flat rate boxes. And people will listen to it. Like that's just Ooh, think about that. Box. Think about that. Just it's yeah. just it's just strange to me. But you know, I, I listen too, right? So I was shipping out a pair of shoes and I had recently, recently, I know, and people are gonna come at me, but I always gotta keep it real. Recently did order the shoe boxes, the priority shoe boxes mm-hmm. from the post office. And I've never used them. Never, because I'm like, God, ah, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no point. I charge, you know, flat rate shipping. Like I'm not losing money because I'm shipping and, you know, I'm charging more than I ship anyways. But I ordered them because I thought, you know, this new year, I want to find other ways to keep my profits. And so what I've recognized is I switched over to these shoe boxes for certain items. I still charge my $13 and whatever for a medium flat rate for each pair of shoes that are, you know, large enough that they won't fit in a padded priority envelope. And I've realized I'm making a lot more money on shipping, which, you know, I know some people are like, oh, you should only charge what it costs you to ship. But I I don't agree with that because there's plenty of times where you end up overpaying, right? Because you miscalculated something or, you know, they're just for a reason you're paying more for shipping than you originally planned. Now, the question, though, is so, yeah, that's that's the idea of shipping and handling, right? Like part of it, too, is your time, the amount of effort you put into the, the process. But would it be better if you're able to ship it for cheaper that way to just lower your shipping prices? Would you get more sales? It could. It could. I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. Not only did I save the money on the cost of shipping, but I also saved the whatever dollar it cost for each eBay box I was using instead of the post office box. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if I'm selling one to 200 shoes, right. And half of those I can put in those shoe boxes instead of shipping out flat rate, that's a hundred dollars. And then that hundred dollars in extra, you know, money that I have to source, and that hundred dollars could be turned into who knows, you know, five hundred, a thousand, maybe more, depending on what I source with that hundred dollars. So, this episode I decided to title "Every Dollar Counts." Yeah, and, and just ways it just ways to ensure that you are having those maximum savings to have those maximum profits to have you know a, a good running machine. That's right. So. Is this making sense? Yeah. So, so the idea behind this one is just how to how to maximize, you know, your 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 money, right? To I make sure so. that you're not spending too yeah, much. I just feel like we did an episode before that was like uh, how to maximize your money. I mean, it was well, a while at, back. at a two hundred two hundred eighty one episodes. Here's the thing: like we're going to be covering some of the similar things, but from yeah, new true, perspectives true. and and adding new things because we're constantly growing and learning and. And we've got a lot of new listeners, so unless they're going back and binging all 281 episodes, which we highly recommend, uh, you're uh-huh. you know you're missing a little bit. So yeah, so that was, and I thought, you know what, I I need to look at my systems. Like where where am I not being profitable? Where can I make a little bit more profit? Because every dollar does count, especially when you're scaling, right? If you're just doing side hustle, you know you're happy. Like I remember when I was doing uh, this on the side, you know, basically at, at that time. All my money went to is like if my kids wanted to go to like to the movies or if I wanted to go out on a date night or whatever it was, like it was nice to just have a little bit of extra cash. But once it I went full time, then I started getting more serious about okay, I probably need to maximize every dollar that I have. Right. So I, I decided to break these up into uh, three categories. Uh before we jump into that though, I also want to say thank you to all of you that have signed up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash pure podcast. Mike and I are in developments about what that's going to mean. I think we can, you know, do some other things there. We don't know yet. Right. Because it's kind of different than buy me a coffee. We just we had the zoom and maybe it'll just be the zoom. Right. But uh, Patreon allows us to have different options. Right. More opportunities to do things. And so we're hoping to get there kind of like on YouTube. If you haven't yet hit the like button on this YouTube, please do so. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. But, you know, if we hit 10K subscribers on YouTube, we can, you know, sell merch where merch has been one of the things everybody's been wanting. Like I've had people ask for our mugs and ask not our mugs, like our faces, but, you know, the mug here in the corner. I mean, if you need a picture of our mug, too, I mean, we can, we can give you that. How cheesy would that be? It's like headshots, like signed. Like, here you go. 
I'm Mike from Pure Hustle Podcast. Oh my goodness. How do people feel that do that though? You know, if you're like celebrity, celebrity, you do that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. How, I, that must feel weird. Yeah. It's probably uh, super awesome for a little while until you can't even, you know, go out to eat with your family without being like, see, I harassed. disagree. I like, I, I do. Why? Like, that's just, that's just the cost of it. No, for sure. I mean, that's, you know? that's the cost, but you know, it, it just goes to show, like, I, I think it's easy to look at that and say like, I want that. But a lot of the people who have that are like, yeah, I'm not saying I all want that. It. I'm just saying I wouldn't complain if it happened. So anyways, so, uh, but so, we're not there yet. So what so. I was saying is go ahead and join up on Patreon. And if you want, uh, you know, to make him feel better, you can ask for a headshot and he'll sign it for you. And or you then, can harass me at dinner like your paparazzi. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. That make his day. So anyways, patreon.com slash podcast. I just signed up. There's different tiers. Appreciate all of you. Some of you have been signed up for the higher tiers and really grateful for that because it definitely helps us out. We've had this gap where basically Mike and I have been, you know, producing the podcast uh, for free, which yeah, pro you know, bono. our content has always been free. But, it, you know, at, at some point in time, we were, you know, we had a lot of sponsors and and we had different, you know, it, it's crazy in this world of. I don't know, creation or whatever you want to call it, where there's different avenues to, to make money, but there are also those moments where there's, there's nothing there. And so you fill in those gaps and help us out to continue dropping content every week. So grateful for that. That's right. All right. So the first thing here is uh sourcing, right? I, f- I find that sourcing, there's a lot of areas where like there's money to either be saved, be made or be scaled if you do it right. So for example, you know, how do you source, right? Do you just wake up in the morning? You're like, I think I'm gonna hit the thrift. Right. Or do you strategically source, right? Do you, we've talked about this before. We're like on local deals, right? Do you, do you plan out a day that you just go and pick up local deals and you plan a route or do you just go when the opportunity happens? Yeah. And like thinking of things like gas as an expense, because of course you can write off your miles. Yeah. So you can write off your miles on your taxes, which is a great break. Uh, but, you know, as gas prices continue to rise, that kind of offsets that quite a bit. And so, yeah, you do want to be wise and you want to plan out routes and days. And so if you're already in town for a reason on your way home, if there's a couple of thrift stores, make that the time you, you're you hitting up thrift stores. Right. Uh, I used to do that when I would you know be at work and on my way home from work. It would, you know, Mondays I'd stop at these two thrift stores and then Tuesdays I'd stop at these two. And that was a way to in a in a real way to save money because mm-hmm. if I just got home, did some stuff and said, you know what, I'm going to go to a thrift store, that extra gas of 20, 30 miles extra a day, plus the mileage on the cars. Cause yeah, you think about the, you get the write off of the, the mileage. Uh, but you were just telling me you're, you're getting a timing belt fixed on your car. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it's a lot of money to do those things. And so it's like, yeah, I got to write off all those miles. Well, really what you're doing is cause you're putting damage on your vehicle. You're putting wear and tear on your vehicle mm-hmm. that you have to pay for at some point. So yeah, traveling is really important scheduling things out. Um, you know, are you going to go to garage sales, planning your route out? Sometimes you can plan it out by the, the, the shortest distance. Sometimes it's worth it. If you, you know, there's certain things you're looking for, it's time wise. Uh, but when it comes down to reselling, you're really balancing three different resources, your time, you're, you're balancing your like available space as, as part of it. And, and then you're balancing money. And so you want to be able to, to save as much money as possible. So that's not one of the factors that's impacting you and then you can start thinking about things like time and stuff like that yeah and along with that with the sourcing are you making an effort to find out when's the best time to source right i think that's one of the things we've talked about before i for example have uh, you know i only go to the thrift store like once or twice a week now but i go at optimal times and i know that those times that i go to certain stores are the times when all the good stuff is out are the times when there's a deal uh, are the are the times where i can go in and i could pick up anywhere from a hundred to 200 yeah. items if I play it out well. And so, so it's been, you know, it's one of those things that I, it took me a while, like before I would just go, Hey, I'm going to go to this. Even when I was doing full time, I remember I would just say, Hey, I'm going to this store or this store. And I never thought about, you know, the gas. I never thought about the fact that, Hey, you know, if I went on a different day, maybe I could get more items and so on. And so just some things to think about. I know some of you have places that have sale days. Now you got to be careful with those because, Sometimes it's better to buy the day before the sale because those items are usually gone pretty quick on the sale day. Uh, but again, you know, if you have the opportunity to go on a 50% off day, you can maximize your money far more than if you just willy nilly go on a day 
where everything is full price. So just some things to think about. There. Yeah. Next thing that you really want to think about is negotiating. We talk a lot. We have several episodes where we talk about negotiating, you know, tactics and skills. And uh, we went through Never Split the Difference uh, by Chris Voss and just different ways that you can negotiate and, and maximize your money. And one of the things we say is a lot of the profit that you make is made when you purchase an item, not mm-hmm. when you sell it. But the, I mean, it's, that's partially true in the sense of the cost is going to determine your ROI. And of course, the cost you sell it at is the other factor. And then there's factors in between how much does it cost to, to store and ship and all of those things. But the cheaper you can get an item, the better. And a lot of times people give you a hard time for uh, wanting to negotiate down on a dollar on an item. It's like, really, is it worth a dollar? Well, when we're looking at garage sales, when you're buying hundreds and hundreds of items a year, maybe thousand items a year at garage sales, if you can get an average of a dollar off of asking price for each one of those, that's a pretty big savings over the course of the year. And there's times when it's not worth negotiating. We talked about that. It's not like somebody says $5 for something that you know is like a $200 item. You're not gonna be like, well, how about a dollar, right? Like we're not that intense and crazy when it comes to negotiating. Sometimes you bundle and you make a good deal and uh, so we don't try and nitpick every little thing, but a lot of times people just accept that first deal. And that's usually not the best thing to do because people, they want to negotiate, right? They, not that they, they'd be happy to get as high of a price as they can get on an item, but they usually are going to set a higher price than they think they can get or what they're willing to take. So they might have an item they say $10 for, but they know they'd let it go for five or seven or something. So it doesn't hurt to ask. Now you don't want to insult them. You don't want to if they say $20 for an item, don't come in with how about a dollar, right? You got to use those tactics that we've talked about in the past, the, the Chris Voss strategies and, and find out how you can work with them. Maybe be silent for a little bit, see if they drop the price themselves, maybe anchor them at a, a little bit lower price and then meet in the middle. Um, but if you can save a little bit of money on the, the pickup price of an item, you are going to be able to make a lot more money in the long run. And that's where those dollars count. I mean, I, I, I think of times I went to one garage sale morning where I was garage sale after garage sale after garage sale and negotiating along the way. And I get to my last stop and it was like my biggest haul of the day or one of my bigger hauls of the day. And I literally had like $5 less than we bargained on. And I was like, Oh, actually, would you take this? Like, this is literally all I have left. And I just think had I not have negotiated throughout the day and it wasn't that I didn't take a lot of money, I took a lot of money with me. I just spent a lot of money while I was outsourcing. And so, you know, I don't want to bring a thousand dollars with me every time. So a few hundred dollars is usually appropriate. And, you know, to get to that place where it was like, had I not negotiated at previous garage sales, I would have not had enough to pick up this huge haul. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it it counts. It matters. And having those dollars, saving those dollars when you can is going to add up to a lot in the long run. Yeah. And always remember, I mean, one of the ways to maximize the dollars is to buy big, buy a lot at one time. And that's always been the case for me. It's my best deals <laughs> has always been when I'm buying like collections. Like if you buy a collection... You know, yeah, you may pay up a little bit, but you got to think about the fact that when you're buying that collection, right, the fact that that's, this person knows that they'll be rid of all this stuff, the fact that they're going to have cash in their pocket once the transaction is done gives you a lot more negotiation room, right? I just, I, per- I picked up, I think, like 25 uh, Harley shirts uh, from someone. And part of that was, you know, they initially wanted $10 a shirt. Well, when I showed up and I said, hey, listen, what if I just bought all of them? You know, and you hear the story all the time. Okay. But you know, some of you are new and, and you're like, I, I've never thought about doing that. Just think about doing that. Just, you got to think about, okay, if I bought each of these shirts and I ended up paying, I think $6 for each of the shirts. Right. And so, you know, 25 times six, that's about $150, I believe. Right. If I just sell four or five of those shirts, right. I should be pretty close to breaking even. Right. And then I have another 20 to sell, right? So you're able to maximize the larger you buy, the more you can maximize. This is why people buy pallets. This is why people, you know, buy those Amazon return uh, pallets. That's why, you know, we have friends of ours that just, you know, they do books and they buy books by the Gaylord. If you're able to buy more, you're able to maximize every dollar you have. And so, especially if you're looking at scale, that that is the way to do it. It's definitely the way to do it. All right. So this next one is the shipping one. And the shipping one is always is always interesting. But before we get there, now we don't have an ad. I forgot one more point in here that I want to talk about. Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> on it today. I told you, I told you. I don't know where this is going. So have you do you ever think about how long an item's gonna take to sell? Has, like did you think about that initially, or is that something that developed over time? Or do you not think about it? Well, when I I mean, of course, when I first started selling, I had no idea. I mean, I'd hope everything would sell right away, but that that is something you develop. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, when I'm buying an item, I'm thinking about that. Like, okay, how much am I paying for this item? How long is it most likely going to sit? Some things I know, oh, these are fast sellers. Some you have no idea. And it's like, I've never been, I've never bought one of these items before. It might sit a while. And some are really unique niche things that are going to sit for a while. Um, yeah. So for sure, I think about it. Yeah. So the way you can maximize dollars is by understanding, okay, how long is this going to sit? Right. I remember initially when I would look up comps, all I needed to see was a sold comp. I'm like, all right. That's it, right? This is going to be profitable. I might as well pick it up. But instead of looking through the sell-through rate, like how many are there listed in comparison to how many are sold, right? And so if there's only one sold and there's none listed, that can mean two things, right? It could be mean either one, you have something unique that you could sell for more money, or it means that this is something really that no one's really picking up, doesn't really sell well, and just the right buyer should up at the right time. So you have to be able to kind of navigate that. But I, I all the time, th and this is big for me on Amazon, but the same thing on eBay, right? The more your money is tied up, the less money you're going to have to make more money, right? And, you know, I am a long-term guy. I'm willing to hold things for three, four, five years. But I will say the more I've been reselling, uh, the less I'm looking for those long-term holds, right? I, I, I would say that I'm more of, when I do a bulk buy, I want to see myself in the profit within the month. Like I don't want to go more than a month without being in the profit. So I won't pick up a huge haul unless I know I can sell two or three of those items and then break even. Cause then after that, then it's fine. Right. Cause every single dollar I make after that ends up being profit. So you, you have to take a look at what, what are you comfortable with? Because that's going to maximize uh, how much money you make because it's going to maximize how much cash flow. If you have a lot of capital, it's not going to matter. Right. It's not going to matter if you, you know, dropped eight hundred dollars and it takes you, you know, a year to turn that into, you know, two to three thousand. But if you don't have a lot of capital, right, you won't be able to buy more. You'll you know, you're just waiting for stuff to sell. It's a bad place to be. So you definitely have to think about how long items are you going to sell. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is, uh, you know, sometimes it's worthwhile to pick up the fast moving stuff to go to go fast nickel as opposed to slow dime on items. Agreed. Agreed. And even if that means lower price items. You know, I, I sell a lot more lower price items than before. And there's various aspects as to why. One of the reasons is I think I do think it triggers the algorithm. I know we talk about this a lot, but, uh, you know, I find that if I sell a few items in my store that are under 20 bucks, that it's going to trigger. And then I'll eventually I'll get big sales out of that. All right. Hey, before we move on, though, here's another way to maximize your dollar. And it's through pur through purchasing bubble wrap from AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah, you're going to get really high quality bubble wrap at a amazing price and it's going to get to you fast. And as we were talking about, you know, not having to drive and, and being wise with your time, uh, being able to purchase, especially in today's day and age when, you know, you don't want to go to the store for anything if you could just get it on Amazon. And it's kind of like that with American Bubble Boy. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to make a, a trip to Walmart or to Home Depot or to your U-Haul to get bubble wrap. All you have to do is go on your phone, go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com, and you're going to be able to get great bubble wrap really, really fast. And uh, if you use our promo code Podcast or the link that we have below, uh, and you're a first-time buyer, you're going to get a nice discount, and it lets them know that we sent you. So uh, we, we really recommend you at least give it a try. Uh, we're really happy with the product. We use it all the time. And uh, I, love, I love knowing that I can buy bubble wrap and have it at my house within two days, and I'm good to go. I'm never worried about having shipping supplies. So... AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Use the promo code below. That's good stuff. All right. I feel that this next area is where I, I know for me, it's where I lose the most amount of my money. Right? I, now. Yeah, I, I know. Shipping. We're talking about shipping. Yes. You should see how much tape this guy puts on his boxes. No, no. I've actually stopped doing that, though. If, I, I, I stopped it. What it took is one of my good friends. Not me, because I've been telling him for a long time not to do that. That didn't matter. <laughs> So better I, friend, I guess. No, no. He, well, I, I don't know if better friend. It was just, you know, he, I saw him package something and I thought, why do I use so much eBay tape? And he just did the X in the middle and then the X on the side. I mean, the tape over the ends and it was good to go. And he sold me. And so I've, I actually, this Q4, I didn't go out. I, I didn't go through all my rolls of tape. Now, granted, I did a lot more merchant fulfilled than I did FBA, but yeah, I haven't I haven't needed tape in a while. So that's true. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, so Mike brings up the idea of tape. So, you know, one of the ways you can lose a lot of money is I, I don't I don't want to say lazy. I don't think lazy is the right word. It's not willing to do research. 
Right. So the easy one is, you know, if you have an eBay store, you get, you know, your coupon and you buy your eBay supply. So that's one way to maximize your money. Right. But Mike and I have talked about before how back in the day, we, you know, I would always ask for boxes when I worked at a school and people would bring me boxes or I'd go looking for boxes. But I found that over time, you know, that was costing me money. All the all the hours I'd be looking for the right box all the time. I'm trying to figure things out. You know, uh, where can I get this box instead of just just flat out just buying these boxes, right? And and one of the ways to maximize that is buying buying in bulk, right? Whether it be through Uline, whether it be through eBay, uh, if the more you buy when it comes to shipping supplies, the more you have. So my question is, you know, do you have all that you need? Because I can tell you right now, like I could get you know a flood of orders, and I could pack. You know, I it all depends how many orders and what it is, but I am super efficient. Like it does, it takes me less than 30 seconds to locate my item. And then it takes me, you know, depending on what it is. I mean, obviously if it's a huge, you know, I don't know, a Freddie Funko, you know, like statue, that's going to take, you know, maybe a couple hours. But if it's a pair of shoes or a shirt or a buckle or something like that, that literally will take me probably a minute or two to pack. Right. And so you, so you got to think about, you know, do you have all that you need? And that means understanding your inventory and understanding that, okay, when this sells, I already have this ready to go. Like, have you done that before? Like you've bought something and you made sure that you had the shipping supplies before it sold. Yeah. Especially if it's like a, a big purchase, like a, for example, like a retail arbitrage, I buy 20 of an item. Well, I want to make sure, okay, what size box is this going to go mm-hmm. into? Uh, what type of padding am I going to need? Is it going to be bubble wrap? Is it paper? What, what do I need? And then to make sure I have those things uh, when I'm purchasing those items, that way, as they start to sell, yeah, I'm not scrambling because yeah, I have a stack of boxes that are, you know, from Amazon and various people have given me and stuff. And so if it's an unusual shaped item, I can dig through that, you know, stack until I find the right thing. But for the most part, we have, you know, the, the set boxes that we use our standard boxes. And if we're buying something specific, we're finding the boxes we need for it. Uh, and, and trying to get the best price on those, like you said. So, uh, yeah, that is, that's definitely an, an important thing to do is to, to get those. And like I said, you're, you're managing a few different resources and, and maybe there's more depending on your situation. But I, I, for me, I think of it as money, time and space. Those are three that are really, really important for me. And so when I'm looking at something like, you know, money and time. Yeah. When you say things like time is money, it upsets people. It's like time isn't money. Well, it's not, but you can kind of trade in your time for money and you can't really trade in money for time, but you kind of can in the sense of if I pay a little bit more to actually get these boxes and have a stack of 30 boxes from eBay or from Uline, then I'm not driving around and going to Walmart. If a big item sells, like oh, I don't have this box. So by spending a little bit more money up front, I'm actually saving time, which then can be used more efficiently to make more money. So um, I find that you know that balance is really important having those and just knowing, hey, I'm running low on this size box, the 10 by 10 by eight, or I'm running low on this box. I'm just going to buy some more. Uh, saves a bunch of time and money in the long run. I think it's, I mean, the retail arbitrage thing, that's something I'm dealing with right now. I have an item that I bought a year ago and the market got flooded. And so I just held on to it for a year. And now I'm the only seller on it and I've been selling it, but I realized that I am losing money. Like I was like, oh, I'll just send this out in a medium flat rate box. I really didn't do my research. And I realized if I sent it in a smaller box, it's going to save me $5 per item, right? So if I sell a hundred of this item, it's $500, mm-hmm. right? And so I would have been better off had I, you know, recognized this, gone to the store, found the right box and just purchased the hundred boxes I needed. And I would have been okay. Right. And so, yeah, maybe I'm losing a dollar a box, but it's better than losing $5 a box. Right. So I'm maximizing every dollar on top of that. So going to, to the next thing here I want to talk about is, you know, have you looked at all the options? Right. And so for example, with this, this Amazon item, I recognized if I send it to the West coast, I should use a different kind of shipping. Like I could, I could do a box in a bag and with box in a bag, I would have been saving $5 for each one. And if things have to go to Florida or have to go to New York, you know, on the East coast, then I need to do medium flat rate. Cause either way, there's not going to be any better shipping. Right. And, and sometimes I, I don't know if we, you know, I know for myself, I'm just speaking for myself here is I don't look at all the options, right? When I initially started reselling, I used to be very big on just, I need to ship out everything priority if it's priority. Right. But over time I began to look at FedEx home delivery or FedEx today. Sometimes 
there's more of a discount on eBay for those uh, than there is on, you know, just shipping priority or pirate ship. Like, did you know that right now first class shipping is cheaper on pirate ship? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I we've always been big on that, like trying to get the the shipping for as cheap as possible, looking at all the options. And, you know, we were lucky for a while. My wife worked somewhere and, and we had a connection through her work where if we had big items, we, were able, to, we were able to sell them through, um, I think it was uh, UPS. UPS yeah. yeah. So it went through UPS at like a significant discount. Uh, and that was one of her employee benefits. And when we lost that, we're like, oh man, how are we going to do this? And then luckily eBay kind of picked up their own discounts through FedEx and, and UPS mm-hmm. shortly afterwards. Um, not quite as good, but comparable enough that, you know, we, we, we definitely do that. We look for what is the cheapest shipping we can get this. And of course, time is important, right? Now, there are instances, if it's going to a military base or it's going to a post PO box, you're kind of, you've got to go UPS or USPS no matter what. But if it's just going to a regular home address, you know, you can look for, can UPS or FedEx get it there as fast as USPS and for cheaper? I'm going to go that route because you might end up with a happier customer. I mean, I don't ever really pay attention to who it was that brought it as long as it gets to me. Now, there might be an incident where someone's like, I hate my UPS driver. They always... Have you ever got... I've never gotten a message. I haven't gotten that. like, I chose priority and you sent it FedEx. No, I've never gotten that message at all. Um, but I'm, I'm sure by doing that, and, and we might have you know listeners who let us know in the comments below if you ever run into issues, but that, that potentially could be an issue. I can imagine that being a thing where you have an upset customer, you sent it through UPS instead of USPS, uh, my UPS guy always delivers to the wrong house or never gets it to me on time. Um, you should have sent it through my postman or something like that. Like that could happen. I'm I'm, I'm certain that that's possible. But in all of the sales I've had, I've never experienced that yet. And, you know, by being able to say, hey, I can save $2 on shipping this item this way. And it's going to get to them either the same amount of time or maybe faster. It's definitely a win-win. Yeah, agreed. And Again, that also ties into how much should you charge, right? I, I don't know, you know, why, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments. I always love knowing when I'm wrong. Uh, I actually, I, I appreciate when people point things out because sometimes I'm like, ah, okay, that's the way you see it. And sometimes I'm like, you know, it's like Mike, Mike keeps telling me stuff and I don't listen because I'm a stubborn guy, but eventually things get through until somebody else tells them. <laughs> no, it's not always, <laughs> but, uh, you know, how much are you charging for shipping? Cause people all the time would say, you know, Orlando, you're charging too much for shipping. And I'm like, well, how, how is that possible? Like if people are buying and then somebody brings up the point, would I have more sales? I don't know. But what I do know is if you're undercharging, it can definitely add up. Now there is some strategy involved. Like for example, I only charge for like the medium fly rate shipping. I think I charge 13 and it's like 1383. Right. So I lose 83 cents on each one. But I find that it keeps me, you know, more competitive. Right. But there was a point in time where I wasn't paying attention. I was still charging only eleven ninety nine. You know, then we're talking about, you know, now it's a dollar eighty three. Right. And then there's other times. The worst is when I get lazy and I find like a big item and in my head I do a measurement and then in my head I do a pound and the thing sells. And then I go do the measurements and the pounds. And yeah, I end up, you know, there's been there has been times where I've just broke even on a sale. Cause I just was lazy about it. Yep. That happens. Right. So, so take a look at how much you're charging. Right. I, I find that most people say, and I agree with this is that when it larger items, the safest way is just to do calculated shipping, but to make it more than it actually is. Right. Because you also have to count in the bubble wrap. You have to count in, you know, let's say you float the box. You got to think about all those things. So calculated shipping is your safest way. I just, I automatically just charge a flat rate. Whether, you know, I ship it out in that way or I ship it out in a regular priority, that's up to me deciding based on where the person is located and so on. So are you mostly uh, calculated shipping now? No, I'm mostly flat rate um, just based off of guesstimates. And I'm usually pretty close, a little off um, sometimes, but uh, usually we're we're really close. Just doing it enough, you kind of know, like, how much does it cost to ship a jacket? How much does it cost to ship a VCR? And there are times where it's like, oh, we lost $5 on this shipping or we gained $5. And so I think over over the long run, it's probably breaking even on the shipping, uh, which is kind of what we want. We're not trying to make money on the shipping portion. In fact, a lot of some items we do free shipping and just charge a little bit more for the item, um, knowing kind of, okay, if I sell this for 20, it's going to cost me $5 to ship it. I'm just going to do $25 with free shipping. And um, it's not every item, but we kind of just know what works for us. And it's, that comes with, you know, the, just 
experience. The more you do it, the more you kind of figure out. And um, the where I've learned that you kind of have to put in dimensions is when it comes to the global shipping. Like that's where it gets really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can run into some issues. But uh, other than that, you know, doing the cell similar, usually the dimensions are already in there close enough. Uh, and if it's a little bit off, I mean, other than global shipping, you'll be fine once you actually do it yourself, you know. But if you do calculate it and you have your dimensions off, that's when it can get, you know, you run into issues that way for sure. So, again, I, 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 I don't know. I just I feel like just take a look at what you're doing. Just take a look at what you're doing, because I got to tell you, I've lost this to me. It's the biggest the other day. I'll just give you a quick story. I had like a Polar Express. By the way, here's a bolo. So if you ever see train sets in a bag, usually you can sell like one or two, depending on the train set. And then you already make profit on everything else. So I found this Lionel Trains Polar Express, and I thought it was going to fit in a 12 by 6 by 6 by 6 box. Wait, 12 by 6 by 6 box. And I thought it was going to weigh less than a pound. So I just charged $4 flat, I mean, uh, first class uh, shipping. And uh, it was going to Florida, and sure enough, um, yeah, it was like uh, 19 inches, which already takes out a cubic, and it weighed two pounds. And so I took a lower offer because I'm like, eh, I'm going to be in the profit. Yeah, um, I think I sold the item for like 12-something, and my shipping was like 11-something. So you're telling me you were off by almost double? Like you thought it could go into 10 10 well, because and it was 19? Come um, on, man. No, no, no. It That's wasn't bad guesstimating right there. I well, I just again, I was being lazy. Oh. See, I have no problem telling you. Like th- that's what it was. It's just one of those things where, like, eh, I don't want to get up and measure that. Like, I'm good. And is that ten inches? Yeah, it's ten inches. No, it's nineteen. Man, <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> I get being off by an inch or two, but and maybe it was late. Maybe I was listening late. I don't know what the deal was. I don't know what the deal was. I, it wasn't. No, it was twelve. Remember, I thought it was twelve. Oh, okay. And 19, but that's still, you know, yeah, that's a little off. That's just, right. just a little bit, just a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. learn from my mistakes. That's why I love to share them. All right. Before we get, move on, speaking of mistakes, I love to share our mistakes all the time on social media. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I share mistakes instead of people, you know, I get, we get some people that are very kind of like, Hey, thanks so much. I didn't think about that. Good looking out. Then we also get trolls that like just use it to bash us. And it's like, come on now. Like, do you think we're that stupid that we're going to post something that we messed up on, like, for the purposes of getting bashed? Like, it doesn't, it just, it's it's crazy. Like, we're always looking to help. Like, if I wanted to be like a podcast or a social media account where we just, you know, showed highlights, we could do that. I mean, that'd be great. But But then we wouldn't be real and relevant. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I want people not to make the mistakes I've made. And I I make I still make mistakes all the time. Right. But I'm also still profitable. So, you know, it works out. <laughs> but anyways, follow us there to see our highs and our lows on Pure as a Podcast on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Uh, we got to do a little more on TikTok. I got to say, I did get tired a little bit of TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok's done. Man, you're Unless you're a 12 year old girl. No, 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 no. It it is the number. I think it's like the number one like social media right now. Yeah, like for 12 so, year old girls. Imagine, we we could have like a million followers right now, Mike. Yeah. Well. Anyways, all right. Uh, let's not uh, interested. Should we do more TikToks? Not not TikToks. Like we're not gonna do dances, but should we be more of a presence on TikTok? Let us know in the comments. Uh, Mike's like, nope. All right. And also, uh, make sure to, uh, if you want to, give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. Our next segment is going to be Hustle of the Week. Would love for you to call in your Hustle of the Week. We always love playing those on air, so that would be pretty awesome. Uh, also, uh, you can shoot us an email at prspodcast at gmail.com. That's prspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure when you email your Hustle of the Week, it comes to prspodcast.com and not the eBay for Business podcast. You know, we shared that story before how somebody shared their hustle of the week on the eBay for business podcast, yeah. which uh, I we got. OK, next update. We're going to play that. All right. Sounds good. Even though it's all news, not everybody's heard it. I, I, I thought it's, it's just funny. I don't know. It might be a copyright issue. You think so? Might be. That is true. That is true. Just the interaction is so hilarious. Yeah. Like, all right. And also, as always, uh, appreciate all of you that uh, drop iTunes reviews because that helps us in the algorithm, helps us to, you know, get into, uh, I guess you call it higher SEO search or higher ranking. Uh, And, you know, like right now I'm typing in pure. So, you know, if I put PU, I get some interesting. (laughs) 
<laughs> podcast. And then once I get to uh, Pure, there's some other interesting ones above ours. But we are number three now. Mm. All right. And so we're the third purest podcast. We are. We are. So appreciate uh, all the reviews. Uh, let's see what number we're at right now. We are at about uh, 547. So we're, we're getting there and got some good reviews here. So I just wanted to share those real fast. Let's do it. Okay. We got one from uh, Anna B335. She said, love it. Five stars. Great podcast. I learned so much with every episode and look forward to get to it each week. Thanks for the great content. So appreciate that. Just, just a short two sentences. Always appreciate that. So thank you so much, Anna B335. And then this is from Crazy Four Words. So, and they put goats. Nice. That's goaded. Yeah. Did you think 10 years ago, like something being the goat would be like a word? Like goaded would be a verb? Is goaded a verb? Yeah, it's a it's it's what the kids say these days. Is it? Like know. my son like would always be like, Dad, that's goaded. I'm like, oh. All right. All right. There that's cool. Go. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you, crazy forwards. And they said, Mike and Orlando are the real deal, the OGs. Ooh. I don't mind. That's what happens after you've done this for a few years <laughs> in the reselling game and always keep it real an excellent resource for experienced and new resellers alike. Thank you for consistently putting our out our excellent content and IG is a state of peace. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, Crazy for words. Also a state of peace on Instagram. Nice. Uh, we are we are grateful. Didn't you meant didn't you tell somebody like they should put their eBay store on there? Yeah, if you want, I mean, somebody did put an eBay store on something. So yeah, put your Instagram, uh, your Instagram handle or whatever you want. We'll shout it out, and uh, you know, for free. Yeah, for free. I mean, if you want to wish somebody happy birthday, just leave us a review. We'll, on, we'll do a cameo uh, on, or on iTunes, and uh, and we'll read it out. And we'll say happy <laughs> birthday to them. So, have you seen those like websites where like celebrities get on there and like you can pay them to like? So wish basically, happy this birthday? episode, we're like, look at PSL podcast. We're like almost celebrity status, you know. <laughs> All we need is like 10 million more followers. No, no, no. But, but on those, on those, it's funny because whenever you see those ads, like whether it be like the people from the office, some of them do it. And man, it, it's seen as the end of their career. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, you know, when you end up doing, you know, if you're a singer and you're you're doing casinos, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you made no, it. There's some good people at the casino. Well, it's different if you've got like a like an actual contract to Vegas show. But if you're just like, you know. Really? Yeah. I've seen some and I'm like, I'd go to that show. Maybe I'm just, maybe I just like old yeah, stuff. Yeah, but that's when, that's when it's, yeah, it's when you're on the decline or when like movie <laughs> actors are doing like small commercials for little small companies. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's, we would, we would be making it if people were paying us for, for birthday wishes, but for them, that's the end of their career. So. How lame would that be? I just think we made it. <laughs> oh my goodness. This one Started from the bottom. <laughs> Yes. Now we made it. <laughs> All right. All right. Without further okay. ado, <laughs> let's go to our. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So, our first hustle of the week comes from Angie, IG handle at the overflowing cart. So, came across an inflatable at a box, uh, inflatable in a box at the store that should not be named. Dun, 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 which is Goodwill, by the way, if you're new to us. Uh, for $5.99. So it was a Dallas Cowboys inflatable five-foot football player and sold it for $179.99 plus shipping. Man, like you got to be like a fan to be like, I, I want like an inflatable player out in front of my house. Like it's maybe true. it's like a Christmas decoration and or just like, I'm going to have a party and you know, the game's on. I want this inflatable in the house. So it's pretty sweet. Um, It's crazy. That was one of the bolos I shared. Yeah. I mean, infl ago. inflatables do well. Um obviously check to make sure that they work right and stuff. Uh, but even if they don't, it doesn't take much to patch them up. And so people are willing to get them if it's got a small little hole in it because those things are constantly blowing air in. So unless there's a huge rip, they still work. So awesome. That's a that's a great... Um, and I like that it was a bolo that turned into somebody's hustle of the week. Yeah, and I don't think it was because we shared it, but the reason that, that came up was because I posted about a buckle of the Dallas Cowboys that mm. I sold and I talk about football stuff sells year round and, and it does like she, that's why Angie had messaged and said, Hey, you're so right because I just sold this. Right. So it's pretty awesome. Thank you, Angie, for sharing. All right. So this next one comes from Tony. It's a repeat hustle of the week. Uh, his IG handle is fine.n.frugal. And uh, he saw a poster at the thrift. It was for $4. Now the poster was in a tube. And on it, it said Jordan Wings giant poster. 
right? And do, do you remember, I don't know if maybe I'm too old, but do you remember those like Michael Jordan, like pictures where Jordan like stretched out his wing, stretched out his wings, stretched out his arms. Yeah. And he had like the basketball on one end. Oh yeah. So those are the Jordan wings posters. Gotcha. So it was in the tube. It was sealed. Paid $4 for it. Listed it on eBay and it sold for $399 and 95 cents plus ship. Nice. That is, that's just beautiful. Like I, I don't know. I would have a hard time selling that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge basketball fan, so I'd sell it no matter what. Um, I think if it was, I think if it was a Kobe one, I'd have a harder time selling it. But really, see, yeah. that's a, that's a generational gap. Maybe. Like I'm, I'm, I far more would love to have Jordan like stuff. Yeah, maybe. So, and and here's the thing: if you got it, if you can get that poster signed, that goes up to like two to three thousand dollars. No chance of you getting it signed. Not not that great. Yeah, I mean, you know, just uh, write a nice you know, letter to Michael Jordan, say, Hey, could you please sign this? I'm a reseller. I'm trying to sell it for more money. I'm sure that would work. <laughs> sure that'll, work. Uh, that'll work. Like, you know, every, every kid, when they write a celebrity thinking that the celebrity is actually going to write them back, that never happened. I, I did that by the way, just to throw that out there. Never happened. Yeah. Santa never got back to you. Uh, no, <laughs> Santa. I always knew Santa was fake from the, like the beginning. Dude, you got to give warnings before you say that kind of stuff. I mean, oh, what if people have, sorry, in the car? sorry, sorry, sorry. Should, should we censor that out? No, I mean, you said what you said, man. I kind of mumbled it, it, though. It's okay. So, okay. All right. Next hustle of the week. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Tony. Find out. And frugal. All right. Our next one comes from Carrie and Kim. Uh, the handle is at Great Lakes Flipper. So it's great underscore lakes underscore flipper. So they walked into the thrift and saw a lady pushing a cart with a printer. And it was uh, new and sealed. Uh, luckily, it was a worker. And so the worker put the, the printer on the shelf. Picked it up for $14.50 and sold a brand new Epson Stylus R280 Ultra High Definition Color Inkjet Photo Printer for $299.88. That's a way to do it. I mean, printer, especially if you can get them new in box, um, they, they, people have ones that they like. They know models that they, they want to keep using. Um, something breaks, they want to replace it with the exact same one. So used or even especially new printers, even if they're older, can do really, really well because people have a preference. They, they like something, they want it back. So um, definitely a great hustle of the week and a bolo. So don't be afraid to pick up printers, especially if they're new, uh, even cartridges. I mean, you got to check expiration dates. I've sold several with expired expiration dates and it's fine uh, as long as you make it clear that the, the, the cartridges are expired. But printers and, and printer ink does really, really well. And the interesting thing is it's an inkjet printer, right? Because lately when I go, I have not picked up a printer probably in two years. I used to pick up a lot of brother printers like uh, fax machines and it's it's been a while. And the reason being is that the market has definitely fluctuated. But this gives me hope that there's still stuff out there because I you see new and sealed stuff at garage sales all the time. And you're like, oh, this is a good one. And you pick it up. And you're like, oh, they only want 20 bucks for this. And then you look it up and it's like, it only sells for 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to pass on this one. So, so be aware. But, uh, Carrie and Kim, that was, that was a great find. It's always, that must have been a relief when they saw it and then they recognized it was a worker. Mm -hmm. So, did you hear there's a crazy story? Side note, uh, I, I can't remember what Instagram handle it was, but somebody came out with like five sweaters. Uh, an employee, yeah, they put, no, there was five sweaters on a rack. And they pulled them on. They're like Kuji sweaters, you know, like the super huh. expensive ones. And an employee came by and said, oh, actually, two of those are mine. And like took them and went to the back. What? Yeah. And so somebody posted on Instagram that this this store that shall not be named, that this happened. And then that's what then. So Goodwill reached out to the person that proposed and said, hey, please let us know what store this happened, blah, blah. And again, I'm just like. I, I just we don't know how much stuff is not making it to the floor oh yeah right I've, I've thought it'd be great to have a side job at a thrift store and just find all the good stuff before it makes it out <laughs> yeah, but it all depends because i the ones i knew so i used to have great connections they were always I, I found them to be upright honest people but but lately i see a lot of as a secondary market goes up in value you know there are more stories like that so all right, hey, before we move on, though, there's something that has stayed at the same price, but still been quality. That's been the Skull Shaver. Yeah. Can I tell you, I love the Skull Shaver, man. It's, it's been like, it's so simple. Like, you know, you get those days where you're like, I don't want to shave my head, but then you use the Skull Shaver and it's like, 
two minutes and you're done. Yeah, fast and easy. And the cool thing about the skull shaver is it'll work even if you let your hair grow out a little bit. And not obviously not if you got like a full head of hair. You you gotta you gotta trim <laughs> that, that up first. Wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, my uh, my wife's been out of town for the you know the weekend. She had a family thing she had to go to, and so you know being lazy, I haven't I've been home alone. I had a four day weekend. I uh, haven't really shaved and my hair started to, you know, go four days without shaving it. So skull shaver, boom, like nothing ever happened. I look super clean. So skull shaver, it's fast. It's easy. Uh, it's a great product. Uh, use our code PHP. Uh, that's the new code. That's the one that works and you'll get a nice little discount. Let them know that we sent you. Uh, check out their products. They got a lot of stuff. They got a, a huge line of products. Put, a, put, put everything you need in your cart and then use that code and you'll get a nice discount. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so... Are we going to skip our hustles of the week? Oh, did we forget? Orlando, what's your hustle okay, of the week? So let me give the listeners some background on what's going on with Orlando. There's a lot going on in Orlando's fleet, right? My car broken down, got to fix that. Because uh, I moved, I'm transferring my kids to school. And man, the bureaucracy and all that. The time that I waste advocating for my kids. And then, you know, there's just been a lot of, you know, a lot of... Lot of a lot of life stuff. So, not nothing serious, by the way. So you know, nobody needs to go like, "What's going on?" No, no, nothing serious. It's just, it's just been a lot. And so, you know, like I said, even putting together the podcast, like mentally, I got to be in the right place. And I'm here. I am here. It's just, you know, I'm a little off a little bit. So it's all right. All right, your hustle of the week, Mike. All right, so we're going with mine. Um, so there must be something I think maybe going on with the uh, the used fitness equipment market again so seriously it was really really hot and then it obviously dipped down once gyms opened back up and i feel like everybody ended up getting a home gym and then the market was flooded mm -hmm. and a, a while back i bought dumbbells i bought two 30 pound dumbbells two 20 pound dumbbells two 15 pound dumbbells from a local deal and i told the whole story of how that happened it was kind of crazy that i got it but i i want to say it was 40 dollars for everything um and what i did is i kept the two 30 pound dumbbells because I needed a pair of 30s. I already had a pair of 15s and a pair of 20s. So I didn't need those. So I was like, I'm going to sell these for, you know, like 65 bucks or something and make a ton of money and get free 30 pound dumbbells and save 60 bucks. Well, I listed them for like 65 and I got a couple of low ball offers and they didn't move. And so they've been kind of sitting for a while. So I lowered the price down to 50. And in the last week, and they've sat for a couple of months, mm. Every once in a while, like maybe three months, every once in a while, somebody will say something and then a lot of low ball offers and then all out of the blue and it, I haven't relisted. I, I relisted it once, like maybe two months ago, but out of the blue, I got like message after message after message from people. Really? And so I ended up selling them and I sold another thing to a bike. I'll talk about that probably in the next episode. Uh, but it's, it's like, I don't know. I need to look in to see if there's something going on with the used weight market again. Uh, but out of nowhere, my dead listing started getting crazy, crazy like views and I sold it. And so it was nice because even though it was only like a $10 profit, I got free. I got paid to take 30 pound dumbbells, two pairs of 30 pound or a pair of 30 pound dumbbells, which, mm. you know, if I'm buying those new at like a Walmart or a Dick's or something like that, some kind of sporting goods store, big five, I'm probably paying $75 for two 30 pound dumbbells. So yeah. the fact that I got paid to get them, it's what makes reselling what it is. And it's still a hustle, even though it wasn't a huge profit. It's something I was going to buy anyways. And I got paid to buy them. And that's what we love about reselling is sometimes you get stuff for yourself at a good price. Sometimes you get stuff as gifts for other people. And sometimes you're just making, making money, making that moolah. Yeah. It's interesting. You say about, you know, buying stuff for yourself. Like that's been a thing lately. You know, I've, I've, I've come across a lot of things. I'm like, huh, I want to pick that up and it saves you, saves you money. So think about that too. So my hustle week's a kind of an interesting one. I had mentioned a few episodes ago that I had bought a ton of uh, hockey jerseys uh, for retail arbitrage. And I bought them a year ago. And a year ago, uh, I paid $15 for each of them. Uh, shout out to Latin Pickers who, you know, they were in Los Angeles and they're like, hey, we came across a store and there's a ton of them. Do you want us to pick these up for you? And they picked them up and they, they didn't even like, I asked them like, do you want me to pay you finders fee? No, they just, they just helped me out. You know, I, I own lunch and whatever when we connect again. Uh, and so initially when I was selling these, right, I waited. I, I listed them high because the original retail was 180. And so everybody right off the bat was selling them for like 30 to $50, like quick flips. I'm like, what? That's like, 
there's no way I'm going to sell it for that cheap. So I waited. And then this past Q4, I was selling a ton of them for $112 over and over and over and over again. So I made a killing on that. And then I, I had somebody message me and it was another reseller. And I want to bring up the story because I want to let people know, like, it's okay to sell to another reseller knowing that they're going to sell it for more. Right. So this reseller had contacted me and I knew their reseller because, you know, you go to their store and you see and you're like, okay, this guy's a reseller. And they had, you know, they, at first they, they gave me a lower offer and I was like, nah, I can't do that. And then they gave me another offer. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. And, you know, they kind of just disappeared and then they reappeared and they're like, Hey, what about the deal? And I'm like, I don't know. And the reason I said, I don't know is because I looked it up and those jerseys now were selling for like $180, like the full retail price. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged back. I'm like, Hey, listen, I, I, I looked at the prices and they've gone up in price. And so I need to be at a certain number. And so, you know, the interesting thing about it was that they understood, right? Because, you know, there's no secrets on all of this, right? We, you see the market. And so for them to buy it at a certain price, they're still going to double their money if they get it from me. So ultimately, and it turned into a $400 sale, right? And I sold, I, I think, yeah, I sold them for about like 80 bucks a piece. Okay. And I was okay with it. Cause I paid $15 and I only had seven left of those jerseys and I sold all, I sold five of them and I only have like two left. I sold five of them for 80 a piece, still was profitable, sold it all at one time. And sure enough, the moment I sold those the next day and not that I didn't have the capital to buy more, but it was just kind of nice that the next day I had to spend like 300 something on like a bulk buy mm. and I had that cash in hand. Yeah. Right. And so don't ever stress, like if you get contacted by another reseller, I know like, you know, sometimes as resellers, we like to lowball everyone. Right. But that's just, that's just business. Right. And so if you have inventory and it's been sitting for a while, or if you already made a ton of profit, sometimes it's okay to just to offload it and just give it to another reseller. Let them take on the risk, right? Make your profit, let them take on the risk and just move on. Right. And so I just want to share that as my hustle of the week. All right. All right. So getting back uh, to our discussion here, all right, what are some other ways to make every dollar count? Make sure you take a look at your pricing, right? I, I think it gets very easy to, you know, you list it once and you forget it, which is fine. I used to do that, but now I'm recognizing that I need to check on my prices every once in a while, right? So whether you set a schedule like every six months, I'm going to check on items or, you know, you, there's some people I know that, they check, you know, 10 items a day and they take a look at how the market's doing. Because, for example, I wasn't paying attention to Harley Davidson shirts at one point in time. This was like two, three years ago. And I had, they were selling for good money. And then I noticed for like six months, I wasn't selling any Harley. And the reason I wasn't selling any Harley was because the market ended up super saturated and prices went down. And so I was missing out on that money. The counter to that is so for Hawaiian shirts right now. What I've recognized is that lower brand uh, Hawaiian shirts are actually selling for more money than they were three years ago. Hmm. Right. And so, you know, I would, where I would have normally just sold something for like 15, 20 bucks. Now I can sell it for $40. Had I not checked on that, had I not checked on my prices, I would definitely have been losing money. And, and that happens every once in a while. You know, when you list something and it's been two years and somebody buys it and you're like, whoa, like they paid full price. I didn't think it was worth it. And then you do the research, you're like, oh, that's why the price oh, yeah. and that has gone up. A, a new movie came out and it's in there or something like that. Yeah. And it, so you can't you can't be on everything, uh, but you do need to to check your prices on occasion for items, especially stuff. It, kind of a good rule of thumb is anything that's for me that sat for more than six months to a year. Um, I'm going to look at and I'm going to review. Is my pricing good? Is my shipping right? Uh, has the market changed on this? Do I need to lower the price? So those things can do I need to put it on sale? So that can be like, you got to set your own threshold, but have a threshold where you kind of say, um, when do I need to adjust prices either up or down? Cause both things are going to be important for you. Uh, our next thing is in taking offers. So you definitely want to take offers and we have a whole, we've got several episodes where we mm-hmm. kind of talk about the benefits of taking offers, when to take offers, when not to take offers. But, um, uh, kind of going back to the idea of the, the fast nickel slow dime is sometimes it's worth making $20 on an item instead of 30 or $35 on an item because it might sit for another year. And it's like, am I really going to lose $15 and let this item sit in my inventory? Maybe it doesn't sell at all. 
um, you know, if, if the person is close enough to you on, on price, you make it work. And then now you've got more capital. Now, for some people, it's capital is not the issue. They've got lots of capital and it's something else that, that's an issue. And so for them, it's like, yeah, you they're know, pride. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> so they they hold on and they're not trying to sell things. They're trying to get top dollar. Maybe it's sourcing, right? Like I have the capital, but I can't source enough items. So I'm going to get the price that I need for this item because I don't have access to sourcing. So there's going to be things that are going to play a role in there. But when you take an offer, you've got cash in hand. You can then do something with it. And cash tomorrow is worth more than it is. Or cash today is worth more than tomorrow. You know, we see that with inflation. I've been saying that for years, even before we got into these, you know, crazy inflation mm-hmm. numbers. That's just the reality of things. One, because it's opportunity cost, right? You can buy things with that money now. You can invest that money now, as opposed to it's sitting in inventory and potentially losing value. Even if the price, it sells for full price five years from now, with inflation and other things, the opportunity cost, you might have actually lost money on that item. So that's definitely one reason. And then we also talk about the, uh, does it trigger the algorithm? And there's probably something to be said for the fact of a store that moves more items is going to be, you know, higher priority for eBay because you're a store that's got a good reputation. We have a whole episode where we talk about reputation. Um, and so it, it it's worth it for a lot of reasons to take an offer. Agreed. Agreed. And again, remember what your cost was, right? Unless it's something unique or something that, you know, it's hard to come across. You know, for example, like I, I've sold like sandals before, right? It's Olokai sandals that I've picked up for like a dollar or two. And I've been selling them for 20 to 30 bucks. Sometimes I can get 40 to 50 on those, right? But if I get a $20 offer or a $30 offer, sometimes I'll just take it because I only pay two bucks, mm. right? And so it's not it's not something like, oh, I need to get top dollar on this item. Like that's cash flow, right? That's more money for me to buy another item. So I'll let it go, right? If I there's a shirt, uh, you know, that I picked up for, you know, $5 and I think it should sell for 100, but somebody offers me, 60 bucks, like, wow, I paid $5. Like I'm already 10 X my money. I, I might as well let it go. Right. And again, I think some of it is too, is I know on my end, it's a pride thing. It's like, oh man, how dare you offer that much? I'm not going to accept it. But I, you just, sometimes you just got to let things slide, right? Keep the hash flow going. All right. And then uh, the last thing here is in your handling of customer issues. If you don't handle them right, you could lose a lot of money on, on both sides. One is if you're too expedient, like you get somebody that, you know, is upset about something. So automatically you just refund them the money and you don't, you tell them, don't send it back to me. And chances are that person could have just been, they're trying to get an extra partial refund, right? Or maybe they made up something like the better option would have been to say, Hey, I'm sorry, you're unhappy. Here's a, here's a way for you to return it. Just return it. And then, you know, based on, you know, it's condition, a refund will be granted. Right. Or there's there's the other way of losing money in that, you know, you ignore the buyer, you accuse the buyer, you get mad, you get personal and then that person leaves you negative feedback. And then what ends up happening is, you know, the algorithm slows you down. You know, reputation, like we said, is is an, is very important when it comes to selling on eBay and other platforms. And so, you know, not solving a customer issue correctly can definitely reduce the amount of money you're making. That's right. So I don't know. I, I think customer service, I think that's our strength. I think we, we do all right on that. Yeah. I mean, it, it should be, it should be everybody's strength. Unfortunately it's not. Um, but, but it's a hard thing to do. I, I, I think, I think it is like the customer is always right. Is like that, that's hard to accept. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that necessarily needs to be the motto, but I, I think but that's it, how it needs to appear. Right. It just needs to appear that you're you're coming across and you're going to run across people who you can't do anything right for. But going back to the idea of reputation, listen to a previous episode. I think it was a Monday mini episode where we talked about that. Uh, but yeah, it, no, it was a whole podcast. Oh, was it a whole yeah. podcast? OK, so yeah, check out that if you haven't listened to it yet. But yeah, it's going to make a difference if you've got good customer service, because even if you run into that that person who's just unreasonable and there are there are unreasonable human beings out there you know you meet them all the time and you're like wow how does how do you get along in life um ebay is going to side with you as long as you're not the one that's unreasonable right so continue to have that reputation have good customer service and it's going to save you a lot of money in the long run yeah i mean i can't tell you how many times i've told someone you know hey i'm sorry they don't work just return it because you can spend all this whole time having a discussion i just shared this on instagram i sold the train without the box it was used there's no box in the pictures, no box in the description, nowhere. And the person was like, hey, I got this. Oh, I also said it was untested. The person said, hey, I got this. It's not working. But you did say it's untested. But 
I didn't get a box and I didn't notice. I noticed that in your listing, you never said that there was a box or a picture of a box, but I'm pretty upset. There's no box. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this person's not reasonable, right? They just, they just, they just stated what I know to be true is that there was no box. So if there's no box, I'm not going to ship a box. So I could have gone into a whole thing of, you know, Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is what you said this is what I believe. This is where I know. I just said, Hey, you're not happy. I'm sorry. Just return it. And sure enough, never heard from the person again. You know, it's a done deal. Maybe they're trying to get a partial refund, right? But I could have been quick and given them partial refund, even though it was unfounded and I would have lost money. So you just got to play. But, you know, customer service is super important in maximizing every dollar that you get in reselling. That's right. So hopefully you're able to find ways through this episode to maximize your money. If you have any ideas or tips, let us know in the comments below. Always appreciate it. I uh, think to all of you, again, you can always sign up to help us out. Patreon.com slash Pearson Podcast. And if you haven't yet on this YouTube, make sure to subscribe and smash that like button and hit that bell notification. Yeah. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Peace. Peace.